Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It's Wednesday, um, February the 22nd, 2023. I'm talking to you from Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, whatever that means, certainly in political terms, which is appropriate for today's tenor of the show. Earlier today, I did a, an interview with a Baltimore-based academic, um, Daniel Hatcher, Injustice, Inc., how America's justice system commodifies uh, children. It's an updated Charles Dickens from the 19th century to the 21st century, Dickens 3.0 in the commodification of children and uh, the legal labyrinth which enforces uh, the increasingly profound inequalities and injustices of contemporary America. Uh, much of that system, of course, is bound up with the police force. We've done lots of shows on the police in the past, one with Alex Vitale last year. The end of policing, Vitale is a critic, I think, most broadly of the American policing system. Others are a little bit more sympathetic. The writer Rosa Brooks, who, as it happened, is the daughter of the recently departed um, Barbara Ehrenreich, um, is a little bit more sympathetic. She joined the police and she wrote about that in Tangled Up in Blue, of Policing the American City. It's a good book because it talks about the reality of what policing actually is on the ground and what police forces around America, particularly in Baltimore and Washington, D.C. face. We're back with police and particularly the police of New York City with my guest today, Michael Hayes. He is a, a local journalist uh, of the New York area who focuses on the police. He writes for BuzzFeed and Huffington Post and ProPublica, and he's been focusing on the issue of the New York police, its accountability, its various kinds of injustices. And there's a new book out, The Secret Files, Bill de Blasio, the NYPD, and the Broken Promises of Police Reform. He's joining us from New Jersey. Uh, Michael, you know, when I was talking earlier to Daniel Hatcher, um, we talked about why this commodification of children hasn't elicited more outrage. Whatever one says about the American police system, it seems to elicit outrage. It doesn't actually usually result in much reform. What is it about the American police system that outrages so many people? I mean, obviously, it's profoundly unjust, but there are so many other injustices about America. What's your sense of, of, of why the police are in some ways the most controversial of all institutions in America, even if they're not necessarily the worst, doesn't make them good. Yeah, uh, first, thanks for having me on, really. Uh, appreciate you taking the time. Uh, that's a really great question to start off with. Why are folks so mad <laughs> about the police in this country? Uh, I think there's a sense, uh, if I could speak for the American people generally. You can on my show, Michael. You can be the voice of the American people. And <laughs> no one can argue with you. Um, I think there's a sense that there's there's a, a, a profound lack of accountability with uh, particularly big city police forces like the NYPD. Uh, my book focuses on what became the major issue 
for police reform during uh, the last decade, specifically the era that Bill de Blasio was mayor, which was uh, uh, the reform and, and scrutiny of the NYPD's disciplinary system, which up until a couple of years ago was a, basically a black box of secrets. Uh, I got involved in this beat because I was handed a cache of about 2,000 uh, secret NYPD disciplinary records way back in 2017. And myself and another investigative reporter at BuzzFeed at the time spent a year uh, reporting on those records. And in the book, I take a look at what has happened since then, five years later. And, and uh, it was a really interesting thing to dig into because in that time, uh, a law was changed, a law was repealed to make the records totally uh, public. And yeah, no, we also, it was a time of Black Lives Matter and of criminal justice becoming a, a huge issue in America. So, um, Michael, right. um, I, I like this conversation because it's focused. It, it addresses New York police in particular areas. Is, is the core of the secret files um, when it comes to police reform accountability, the fact that we don't know anything about them and how they operate? Accountability and, and, and also transparency. Right, visibility. Kind of go hand in hand. You know, I focus a lot on, um, you know, you, you, you mentioned uh, uh, Alex Vital's book, and uh, which is a great book and, and really deep book on the defund the police movement um, uh, and gets into some of the policies and theories and stuff like that. This book isn't about policy and theory. This is about broken promises. This is about things that the NYPD and the administration said they were going to do in terms of making the police department more accountable to the public. And my book finds that my, my reporting in the book finds that they, they've just fallen short uh, in many regards. Um, surprise, surprise, of course, Michael. Uh, I just recently watched uh, Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver 76 movie about New York. Back then, things didn't seem particularly good. I mean, obviously, it's a fictional feature film. Uh, but New York has a checkered history when it comes to the police and to their visibility and transparency. I know you focus on de Blasio, but you also write about Dinkins and Giuliani. What is a short narrative of, say, the last 25 years of New York police history when it comes to transparency and visibility? Probably grinned a little too widely when you mentioned Taxi Driver, because I actually just recently rewatched it myself literally a couple of days ago. So if, if you want to stop right here and just talk about Taxi Driver, uh, uh, that sounds Another like show. Yeah, yeah we'll, do it. we'll do a special uh, Taxi Driver memorial. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's more than brilliant. It's a remarkable film. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but uh, let's take your question. And of so, course, it was, it was made in 78 when... Yeah. At the, at the nadir of New York civic police cr criminal life. so But that's another issue. So, so maybe we'll begin in 78 or over the last 25 years. I mean, what's happened with New York policing? You know, it, apologies if this is too much of a digression, but uh, on, you made me think of it when you mentioned 78 and what was going on in the 70s, the Bronx burning. It was a really 
really, really rough time for New York. Obviously, I wasn't there, by the way. I wasn't. I mean, the uh, famous newspaper uh, headline, uh, what was it? Gerald Ford to New York dropped dead. Yeah, 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 for sure. And, and, and you know, there, there's some, some great books out there and some great reporting that just, you know, really um, crystallizes that as just a really rough time in the city that um, needed some really strong characters to come in and, re and reform it. I was thinking about it the other day because uh, recently a report came out um, from the Civilian Complaint Review Board, the, the, the watchdog agency in New York that oversees uh, the NYPD hands down discipline in some cases uh, on um, the George Floyd protests and the, the behavior, the abusive behavior of the NYPD during um, that summer. Uh, and it, it, it listed off a, a, a lot of uh, just fault with how the NYPD responded. Um, uh, yeah, I heard the stories protests. from my son who was in New York on the streets for that. So let, let, let's go back a little bit to say the 25 year history of, of, of policing. I mean, sure. Giuliani always comes across as someone who reformed, I mean, maybe not the police, but certainly the criminal justice system What's your reading of, of Giuliani? Obviously, he's gone off the deep end these days with Trump, but but he had his moment, didn't he? Yeah, he certainly takes credit for the reform. Uh, you mentioned Mayor Dinkins. I write about Mayor Dinkins quite a bit in my book. It was it was uh, pivotal to include um, uh, a lot of stuff on Mayor Dinkins, specifically because uh, uh Mayor Bill de Blasio, who's a big focus of the book, got his start in New York City politics working for Mayor Dinkins. And yet, you know, a one-liner on uh, Mayor Giuliani, probably uh, used as as often or, or close to as often as, as when he's called America's mayor, is that he cleaned up the city. But in fact, if you look at the history, if you look at, you know, just the mechanics of what administrations have done, uh, uh, a lot of the credit should go to Mayor Dinkins. Uh, we were talking before about, you know, the, the police effort to, to kind of clean up the city. Um, uh, that wouldn't have happened if not for Mayor Dinkins and, and um, his efforts during his short time as mayor uh, uh, to go to the state legislature and to get them to approve uh, additional funding for public safety, which included hiring about 6,000 additional NYPD officers. This was, you know, what was put in place that allowed for- so, so Dinkins the, doesn't come out of your book that well, but Dinkins politically is on the left, whatever that means. Um, is it because uh, he wasn't committed? Is it because in your view, New York police are unreformable. I mean, what's the, the, the headline on the book? Uh, are, are the New York City police unreformable? I don't think so. I think there's, um, you know, a, a lot of people have been asking me in, in over the last couple of weeks, especially after what happened in Memphis with uh, Tyree Nichols, you know, is anything going to change? It's kind of a bewildering question about the police just in general and, and i've been pointing them towards the book and and the, the story I, I i tell about the repeal of civil rights law 50a which was the law that kept police disciplinary records secret for 
almost 50 years. It's a law that uh, was enacted way back in the 70s, written by the police unions that made um, misconduct records a secret. And, and the activist community uh, in New York City, largely led by the mothers and other loved ones of black and brown, young black and brown men who were killed by uh, the New York City police, they were able to get that law repealed and, and spent a uh, better half of a decade fighting for that. And, and that should really, uh, I think, stand as a testament that reform can happen. It just takes a long time. It's just slow. I mean, Martin Luther King probably has a, has a, has a quote that you, you could reference that uh, says it better than I could. But yeah, well, we know his arc of justice is a long one. It depends how long. Um, Michael, uh, how does the New York police, you, you brought up Memphis, of course, terrible outrage recently with the Memphis police. How does the New York police compare to the Charlotte police and the Memphis police and the St. Louis police and all these other police forces that have been guilty of these terrible outrages, which we've heard about, let alone the ones that we haven't? I mean, uh, in, in one respect, they're, they're a much different animal than those de other departments you, meant, you mentioned there, Andrew. The New York State Police Department is $11.2 billion. It's like a Fortune 500 company. And, and really, uh, when you cover it, you kind of have to cover it like a business because the amount of money and funding that they have is, is just staggering. Um, on the other side of the coin, in, in you know, I think uh, Memphis, it's, it's an example of how you know, there's, uh, there's problems with policing all over the country. And that's not, <laughs> the NYPD is certainly not immune to that. They have you know, the, the same sort of specialized units that train in brute force tactics that that unit that killed Tyree Nichols in Memphis. Yeah, uh, Michael, you, you mentioned the budget. I wonder whether the budget is sometimes problematic. You, you had a piece in ProPublica about how the New York City paid an NBR star millions after a, an NYPD officer broke his leg. Um, can having too much money actually be a problem for a police force? Uh, that's an interesting way to ask it. I think it can be a problem for a city. Um, you look at the most recent budget proposal by current mayor, Eric Adams, he talked in the weeks leading up to, to giving that initial proposal, which came out in February and, and, um, it'll probably change a little bit, but I, I, I think a lot of what he is proposing will eventually go into the budget that the city, uh, puts through, um, most agencies took a big hit because of, you know, a budget shortfall issue that the city has been fighting uh, since COVID hit. And one agency did not take a hit. And that uh, agency is the New York City Police Department. So I think that tells you right there um, sort of the, the, the issues that um, can arise when we're, when we're talking about the money side. Michael, um, we started talking about why... Everyone's so outraged by the police. Will your book, The Secret Files, Bill de Blasio, the NYPD and the Broken Promises of Police Reform, is, is that going to fuel the outrage? Uh, and, and, and if so, why? Um, I, th I think uh, it, it'll 
fuel the outrage of of some who will will look at what I uh, expose in, in the book and and realize that you know what I'm talking about here is uh, on the disciplinary side of thing. It's a it's an issue that um, they started to work to resolve uh, a couple years ago, um, and there's still uh, a lot of problems with with how the NYPD polices their own. So I think, you know, that sort of passage of time and issues still arising and 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 not being fixed will cause outrage. And some um, something else I've you know been saying about the book. It's one part you know gritty cop drama. It's another part in education in you know big city police reform politics. So I hope that, you know, if this, if that's a subject that folks are interested in learn, learning more about just the, the nitty gritty mechanics of what a political fight around police reform looks like. I, I, I think there's a lot in this book. Um, well, we want people to learn. Uh, we want people to read the book, but what are the, the highlight lessons from the book that, reformers of other police, of other cities, other police uh, uh, systems in, in, in other cities. Uh, what can we learn? What are the positive lessons from the book, apart from the outrage, Michael? Yeah, so I, I was kind of talking about the, this earlier, the story of hope that I've been been given, giving people. You know, there there is a story in here about successful police reform uh, when you talk about the repeal of civil rights law 50A, the New York state law that was keeping police records a secret. Um, the, I, I chronicle how that all went down and how a group of activists defeated the police unions. I think a lot of people think the police unions in, in big cities and around the country are these almighty uh, political entities. And they have been uh, very, very powerful um, for the last century. Um, I think some of their power is starting to, to wilt. And I think this book uh, kind of chronicles the, 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 the tip of that potential iceberg that we could see in terms of the shifting of uh, police political power. Not sure that's Michael, a, how, really how, how are those uh, I mean, of course, the police do have a lot of critics, some of whom will, of course, read your book. Uh, and there all, there's a community of scholars like Alex Vitale, who are profoundly critical of policing in America. Um, but what about main? I mean, if there's such a thing as mainstream New Yorkers, what's their opinion of, of the police? I've just been listening to an oral history of 9-11, which, of course, the New York Police Department and the Fire Department come out looking like heroes. Uh, I, I don't suppose they look heroic now, but how do, how do most New Yorkers think of their police force? Yeah, I mean, New York, New York is, is arguably the most diverse community in the world, so the opinions run the gamut. I think one really interesting story uh, era that, I talk about in the book is, is just the rise of Bill de Blasio and uh, the rise of this, uh, somebody who fashioned himself as a liberal reformer uh, coming in, winning a citywide election uh, on a public safety reform driven platform. And, and um, he did get a few things done that he said, 
he was going to do mo- most uh, uh, famously um, reforming and, and, and curtailing uh, the NYPD's use of stop and frisk. And that was widely, that's why he won the election. And that was widely regarded as, as a, a really good thing that he did. And New Yorkers are in no, no hurry to go back to that era of stop and frisk. So I think that really, that's one data point that I think um, says that New Yorkers by and large are for uh, police accountability. Um, but in, in, in general, I, I, I'm more speaking for myself than for New Yorkers here. People just want, and they want good, effective public safety. They don't, um, they're not happy when they see, you know, uh, violent crime going in, in different di- directions and the police uh, on the back end uh not being a very very accountable Michael in my city San Francisco the police have essentially retreated from the streets it's not so much anarchy or chaos as it's a sort of an eerie feeling that that there's just they're invisible I mean they'll of course show up for serious crime but otherwise they're not there that's not true in New York is it no not at all no the police are out in as full force as they as they ever have have been, and they are there have been attempts, and my sense has come to someone who comes to New York quite a lot. They do walk around, um, and, and there is an effort to be a little bit more polite. I mean, maybe as a as a you know rather elderly white male they're going to treat me differently from a from a young african-american that goes without saying mm-hmm. but i get the sense that there has been some effort to be a little bit more polite and, and civil towards uh, non-police people is that fair i think it varies from from cop to cop and i think that's that was true that's true now and that was true before um the era of where um the most recent era where police reform has, has, has been a hot topic. You know, I, I uh, get asked a lot, like, oh, do you do cops get really angry at you for what you're doing, for doing police accountability reporting? And when I first started doing this, I thought, yeah, my car is going to get towed a lot back when I used to live in Brooklyn. Like, they're going to be really upset with me. And and surprisingly, I've, I've with a lot of officers of every uh, rank and shape and size and political leaning. Uh, a lot of them are, are very much for, uh, at least in New York, at least at the NYPD, the sort of, of accountability and, tra- and, and at least a, a little bit of, of the transparency that, that I talk about in a lot of my work. Well, Michael, let's end on a positive note. No Secret Files, Bill de Blasio, the NYPD and the broken promises of police reform will of course, compound some people's outrage and shame about the political, uh, the, the, the police system uh, and policing in America. But you don't go, as you suggest, as far as, as Alex Vitale. You don't believe in the end of policing. What would you like to see uh, the New York Police Department do? How can it be reformed to make it a better police department? Reforms which are doable, realistic politically, economically, culturally? They need to start to take some of the outside 
uh, oversight a bit more seriously. You know, I broken promises is in the title of my book. Like I was saying before, this is not a book on uh, police reform theory. This is about things that the NYPD and the specifically the de Blasio administration said they were going to do that they didn't do in. And I think if they uh, just harden their approach in terms of accountability and, and, and transparency, uh, I think it would go a long way and, and also would be influential around the country. Like I was saying before, uh, when you compare the NYPD to Memphis or Charlotte, they're just so much larger and they're arguably the most influential police department in the world. They have uh, police bureaus in Paris and, and, and cities around the, around the world. So I think that there, there would be an opportunity to, to lead there by example as well.